0: Welcome back, fuckers. I may be getting banned on TikTok, but I'm still making the podcast, so fuck it. They say the girls have more fun, but they never met the boys. This is Boy Talk. Boy Talk. This is Boy Talk. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm so glad you guys are here. Episode three. Here we go. It's going to be a great lineup. I'm so excited for this week's conversation with you all. But first off, um Cody, are you getting banned on TikTok? <laughs> uh The short answer is maybe. Um it's been kind of wild. I knew the content that I was making on TikTok was violating community guidelines for a long time, right? Like it's no secret. What I'm doing is 100% on the borderline of the community guidelines. Specifically, the sections on adult and sexual experiences. So, what is happening and why do I think I'm getting banned on TikTok? So basically, a bunch of my videos are getting flagged now, right? It started with one which used the word head. One of you had asked me for tips on sloppy toppies, aka giving head. And as soon as I posted the video about 10 minutes of it being up, TikTok took it down. And that's because the way the algorithm works is it's tracking the word head because it's a commonly used word and that they have picked up on it and they trained their algorithm to start taking those videos down and flagging them. So there goes that one, amateur mistake on my end. I'm pretty good about getting around the guidelines. Second video that's finally went down was one of my most famous and most viewed videos and it was a sex position. Just to revisit which position it was, it was the one that involves you being on your knees against a wall and then your top will come behind you and put it in while they're kind of choke holding you with one hand and holding your hip with the other. It went super viral. Everyone loved it. It was a really great video. It's one of my favorite sex positions, but, uh, enough people must have reported it or I don't know what because the video was almost a month and a half old and now it's getting taken down. So why I am so paranoid slash working to prepare for a potential TikTok ban is that if that video was enough to get banned, which was just me explaining it, it wasn't even one of my tutorial videos, the rest could definitely be taken down. So what is the plan now? I need you all to follow me on my Instagram and on my YouTube just in case something happens to my TikTok. I know that's where most of you come from. It's how I've met most of you all. And I love you guys for finding me on TikTok and TikTok will always be a place I'm creating on. But on the off chance that they are going to can my account, I want to be able to still be in contact with you all. So please, please, please follow me on Instagram. Please subscribe to my YouTube channel. Obviously subscribe and like the podcast, download the podcast. Follow me on Twitter as well. I'm active there. But long story short, I am going to be decreasing my content on TikTok. I'm not going to stop posting on TikTok. Nor am I going to suddenly turn into a dancer or uh, like gay couple TikTok. No. It's still going to be around the topics of sex, sex eds, dating, all that good stuff that you guys are here for from me. But I'm going to have to water it down. I'm going to have to back it off. It's going to have to stay more PG, PG PG-13. So maybe more about the connections and kissing and hand-holding and cuddles and communicating with your partners. And less of the good stuff that we are all loving, which is the real intimate time discussions. I know it's sad, But it's not over for us, and I think that's what's so important. I started this podcast as a way to get out of TikTok with some of these harder questions where I didn't have to be restricted. It's now time to just start restricting my TikTok since I'm seeing backlash, and I don't want to lose that platform because I don't want to lose my connection with you all there. So now that that spiel's over, let's talk about trauma. Honestly... My life is full of trauma. I could spend a whole episode just discussing traumas in my life, but we're not gonna do that. And honestly, if I get banned on TikTok after the year and a half that I've been on this account and I've been creating, I'm gonna probably cry and have some abandonment issues and it's just going to feed into my already existing trauma. So, it's a good thing I'm already hunting for a new therapist. (laughs) Oh, Lord. But I do want to talk a little bit about trauma this episode, because this episode is all about daddy issues. Oh, daddy issues. Y'all, we're going to discuss what are daddy issues. I'm going to tell you about mine, because if it isn't clear already that I have daddy issues, oh, I, I have daddy issues. I have daddy issues. And then we're going to talk about how people role play with daddy. And I think we all know that people call their boyfriends or their partners daddy sometimes. We've all seen the hats that they sell at like trendy shops that say daddy or the shirts. Let's discuss what that really is and what that means. So before we jump into it. I just want to say a one quick shameless plug. I know, I know I ask every episode and I'm so sorry. But please, if you could just take a second to like the episode, subscribe to the podcast, follow me on my socials, follow the podcast on the socials. If you're on Apple Podcasts, please give a five-star rating. Please write a review. I'm a small creator. I'm doing this on my own. I'm literally sitting my bedroom right now with soundproof foam just around my desk hoping that it's helping with the echo. I don't have a studio. I got a microphone from my friend. I'm using my boyfriend's laptop. So all the help and support that you guys give me by doing little things like reviews, five stars, sharing it, subscribing, it does make a difference for me. So please and thank you. I hate asking. Let's jump into this week's episode now. All right. So daddy issues. So, what are daddy issues? Well, let's go over some of the basics. There are many ways for someone to get daddy issues. Like, there is an abundance of ways for it to happen. But basically, daddy issues occur when you have an absent father. And like I said, the circumstances are different. For some people, it can be because of a divorce, like your parents' marriage didn't work out, or there's criminal issue like lots of dads go to prison also getting deported that kind of thing also it can be someone who has just been abandoned in the sense of a father who didn't want to be a dad when their mom became pregnant and so they decided to no longer be in the picture and even the ones who are in the picture but are emotionally unavailable these aren't all of the reasons why someone might get daddy issues right But these are just some of them. The big thing is is that you have that absent father space in your life. Really quick, while we're talking about what daddy issues are, we're going to talk about what they're not. It is not an unhealthy glorification of pedophilia. That is legal. It's gross. It's sinister. People get felonies and are constantly getting in trouble with the law for those issues, it is a problem. That's not what someone having daddy issues is. Nor is having daddy issue related intimate time or having that feeling come from intimate time related to like gross incestual sex. That's a big no. That's 100% morally, ethically, scientifically incorrect. That's not what having a daddy issue is. And I think we get that mixed up and I think people get uncomfortable with the word daddy because they think about it that way. That is not what having daddy issues is nor is it what calling your partner daddy or having that role play sense is for. If I'm gonna talk about daddy issues, then probably means I have some experience with it, right? Well, you're correct, I do. I have daddy issues for sure. Um, I'm the first to admit that, and I'm not afraid to admit that I have daddy issues. I 100% am aware that I do. Um, it's part of who I am. I see it in my personality. I see it in my relationships. I see it in the ways that I connect with men. I have noticed it since I was younger. Just to pause real quick, too, to shut down the idea of that the reason why I'm gay is because I had an absent father. no. I have two older brothers who are 100% straight. I'm gay because I'm gay, not because I didn't have a dad. They have different forms of daddy issues themselves too. It's just different for them because their sexual orientation isn't, you know, gay. I'm gay. So part of my daddy issues comes out in my sexual relationships. And I think what's so interesting about it with my father is that though he wasn't in my life, the absence part of him still affected me as a person. But I was also blessed to have a lot of strong men in my life, so it's not like I didn't have other men who I could connect with. My grandpa is like my best friend. I remember I always loved hanging out with him and there was even a point where I lived with him for a summer, I used to flip houses with him, he taught me how to use all the different power tools. Like, I mean, like we demoed kitchens and bathrooms together. Redid electricity and plumbing, like you name it, I got to do it with him. Like, my grandpa is still one of my best friends. I call him like once a week and update him on my life. He knows everything about my life. He's met some of my exes. Like, there's no secret between me and my grandpa, and he has always been that male figure in my life. I'm also the youngest of two boys, so I had two brothers who also were great guidances. My oldest is five years older than me, so he was like the person who like showed me about shaving and talked about that kind of stuff. Also great for relationship advice and things like that when my mom wasn't per se comfortable talking about it. Once I came out to my mom, that became easier for her because she becomes like, oh, okay, we can talk about boys and stuff now. Like, ooh, Channing Tatum. And I was like, yes, ooh, Channing Tatum, whatever. But regardless, I still had other men in my life. And I think that that's why I want to make that comment that just because I didn't have a father did not make me gay, others are straight. I just have to be the gay one. I also had a lot of men in my life who I got to look up to. So I wasn't just out there alone. And I'm very grateful for that because I know it's not the situation for everybody. But yeah, so those are my daddy issues. I hope you love the story. It's real life. Like I said, the court case is out there. I'm sure y'all could really find it if you wanted to. And that's the tea on my daddy issues. So let's now move into daddy issues during intimate time and what that means. Another really interesting thing about daddy issues is that it comes up in a lot of different ways, right? It's not just something you're going to see during intimate time. Honestly, it shows a lot in personality. So I figured I could talk to you all a little bit about where mine shows up. And how I navigate it, and also just how I use it to better understand myself, right? Fathers are normally the caretakers, they're normally protectors, they're normally the decision makers. That's obviously looking at a stereotypical nuclear family, which we are all moving away from. Regardless, that is the usual space that they live in, in a household, and even more so to be specific to my own story and experience. And that's the role he would have played in my house because my mom is very passive. She is very much a go with the flow person who kind of needs that direction and needs someone who can make harder decisions or who can help her weigh options. Which is there's nothing wrong with that. That's just the way that she is. So what happened with me is that I now seek people who give me that energy or vibe, right? So my exes and the guys that I've dated in the past tend to be someone who I consider a protector. Someone who makes me feel like I'm being cared for. Someone who is more of a decision maker, planner. Because I didn't have that in my household in my life, And it's something that I'm always craving now. When I start looking for a partner, I try to find someone who gives me that energy. Pause moment. This does not mean that I am looking for a partner to be my father. I'm not a child. I can make my own decisions and I'm capable of handling my own life. I obviously am doing a pretty good job with it, in my opinion. But what it means is that I'm looking for someone who provides me with that energy. So those natural nurturers, those natural protectors, those natural caregivers, that's what I'm looking for. I also have a lot of issues with safety and security around my daddy issues. So I have a hard time feeling safe and secure in spaces that I'm not familiar with, even as far as in my own spaces in my own home. That plays into some other childhood traumas, but it also is very highly stuck on the fact that I had that missing father figure in my household. That also plays into me looking for a caretaker, protector, nurturer when it comes to a partner. This is where daddy issues now gets mixed into, you know, intimate time and all that jazz, right? Part of what I love about intimate time is when I know that my partner is in control and is dominant. Something that I need from a partner when it comes to intimate time is someone who is willing to take control of it, who calls the shots, and knows how to take care of my needs while taking care of theirs. If you're listening to this and you're like, ill, I would never wanna do that, he's asking too much, you probably want something similar to what I want, which is why we wouldn't be compatible. And what I think is so crazy about this is when you start to make these connections in your life, That's when you can have a really good idea of who you are as a person and all of this stuff connects, right? I like intimate time a certain way because of my lived experiences. That is why what gives me pleasure is being dominated, having someone who makes me feel safe, but also someone who is rough and tough and in control. I like seeing my partner assert dominance physically. That's just what I need. I mean, it's just what turns me on. I don't know what to tell you, dude. Like... That's just what gets me going and I'm not ashamed of it because I understand myself enough to understand why that's what I look for in my partners. Let's talk about the trendy calling my boyfriend daddy or calling my partner daddy or this gives me daddy energy. First off, what the hell is daddy energy, right? Daddy energy is basically what I've described. Dominant, cocky, in control, decision-making, decision-oriented caretaker protector energy, right? Anyone can have daddy energy. Some women play that role in their relationships just like some men play that role just like some they, them, theirs play that role. It's more of a personality than it is the position. And I think that's important to note as we start to unravel our nuclear family, you know, one female, one male, two and a half kids and two golden retrievers and a white picket fence. That's no longer the world we live in. And that's what I'm telling you is it is personality based. Daddy energy can be carried by anyone. Basically, if you have daddy energy, you are that person who is the protector, controller, dominant, knows what they want, not afraid to say it. That gives you daddy energy. So when you decide to start calling your partner daddy or if your partner wants to be called daddy. First thing I would say is do not give him the satisfaction or them the satisfaction or her the satisfaction of calling them daddy if they do not have daddy energy, right? All right, I'm gonna share another personal story. One of the first men that I talked to out here in New York City when I moved in August, he gave daddy energy, right? Like pulled up in his sports car to my apartment, picked me up, went and parked his car in a garage, didn't even blink at the price. We went to a nice dinner, he paid. We went for drinks after with my roommate, he paid. Just like full-on caretaker, making decisions, never asked for a thing for me, just literally was enjoying that I was having a good time with him. He was whining and dining me. We were literally having a beautiful time. He and I ended up having, you know, intimate time later that evening. We'd been talking for like three weeks. It was our first date together. And he wanted me to call him that in bed, right? And of course I did because at that point he had established daddy energy and I was like, oh, okay, like you're hundred percent daddy energy. Like, I love it. Like, thank you. But he did not deserve it because he was not daddy energy in the sense. He played my ass a week later. Literally, like real daddy energy is not playing someone's ass. Like real daddies want to give that protection, that security. They're not just control envy craziness, right? So if I can go back, I would not have called him daddy, right? I would have just moved on from that, and that wouldn't have been a thing. But never, ever call these little boys daddy. I'm telling you, y'all, if you are with someone who does not give daddy energy, I don't care if they ask you to call them it. Don't do it. Don't give them that satisfaction. Like, they need to behave like a daddy before they get the honor and privilege of that title, okay? Thank you very much. So how do you start calling your partner daddy, right? So say that you're listening to this and I'm speaking to your soul right now, like we're having a soul sister moment, you're like, oh my God, I wanna call my boyfriend daddy, I wanna call my girlfriend daddy, I wanna say that my partner has daddy energy, like how do I do I do it, right? I'm nervous. First thing I would say is try to bring it up casually with your partner, right? I've had partners who, even though they exert heavy daddy energy, they are not into it whatsoever, right? And I think a lot of that comes back to, like I discussed earlier that daddy in that term is not talking about a weird, illegal, immoral relationship. It's supposed to be more of the sense of like, you provide this energy for me and it just became a pop culture taboo thing to call your partner daddy. So I would try to bring it up lightly. I remember I was talking with this one guy and we had gone and walked around some stores together and there was a baseball hat at this one trendy store, super overpriced trendy store. I'm sure y'all could guess which one. And it said daddy on it. And I pointed it out and it's like, we should get you this hat or whatever. And that was me like planting that seed of like, so if I like want to call you that, are we going to be cool with it? Right. Right. And he instantly shut it down, which is like a good, like, okay, that's a no-fly zone. Like, we're not going to do that. Um, he basically was like, ill, no, I can't stand people who do that. I don't think it's cute. I think it's annoying. It's kind of a turn-off. And I'm like, okay, like, I'm glad that the hat could take all this heat. And he doesn't know that I actually was wanting to call him that, potentially. Good to know. And I've also had other partners who who have said, like, the idea of it's hot. Like, they're like, ooh, like... That's hot, I think it's sexy, but I don't feel like I am a daddy. And so to respect that space, I've also not called them that if they don't want to be called that as well. And I think that's fair because we all have to set our boundaries, and if it's not something you want to do, then you shouldn't do it, so. But also part of that, I think, is learning to re-hype some of these men. Some of my exes I've been with have been through it with their other exes. Like, I'm like a saving grace, you know, a little halo on my head. Um, <laughs> I'm not a saving grace all the time. But regardless, I think that sometimes there's a confidence issue around using the word and term and it makes them feel uncomfortable. And sometimes you just need to hype your mans or hype your partner. You know what I mean? Like, I like to remind, like, my my boyfriend, like, damn, like, you're sexy, and you literally know how to hit it, like, they need that encouragement, and so hopefully, at some point, they'll feel like they have that energy, especially if they are natural protectors, caretakers, like, if they check all the boxes to be a daddy, then, like, awesome, they should be okay with that title. So, if you're gonna incorporate this, that's my best advice. Try to figure out where they stand on it, have that conversation. It can be more indirect, like my approach with the hat, or it could be more direct, like bringing it up over conversation, which is also great too. And I've done that as well, where I've just been casually like, so what do you like about that? Or do you think that's cool? And most times they'll be like, oh yeah, it's super hot when my boy calls me that. Or they'll be like, "Uh, super not hot, not really into it. So my final advice on daddy issues and daddy role play and all of that is simply this. If you like it, go for it. If you don't, that's fine too. What's so important about daddy issues is recognizing if you or your partner has them and what that means for your dynamic, right? If you're someone like me who knows that they have daddy issues, it's important to connect with those issues so that you can better explain what you want or need out of your partners and vice versa. If you don't have it, but your partner has them, you can better understand what they need and how you can be a better support to them, right? And if you want to call your boyfriend or your partner daddy, do it. I think it's fun. I think it's hot. You don't have to make it weird. If someone gives daddy energy, that's a compliment. You should want to give daddy energy, right? Unless you're like me and you're not trying to be the daddy, right? Which is me. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not daddy at all. But anyways, I digress and let's move into the next section, which is our questions of the week. So question number one, I have gotten like four or five times on my social channels and I decided to finally answer it is how do I get a boyfriend? I always tell you guys the truth. It doesn't mean that what I do is the most healthiest thing you should do or that I am, like, the smartest person with relationships. But here's what I do, and I have proof that it works. I've always landed the guys I wanted to land. If I didn't date you, it's not because I wasn't good enough for you. It's because I'm choosing to not date you, right? Like, I get what I want kind of mentality here. And that's all we have here at Boy Talk is I get what I want when I want it. If I, like a man... I follow three simple steps. What do men like? They like three things. They're really simple because men are inherently stupid. Somewhere in our history, someone tricked us. We have been lied to several times that men know what they're doing, or are super smart, or are complex beings. I'm sorry, y'all, y'all are not. And I am a man as well, I identify as a man. We're not that hard. There are three things that we all want and need, and it's these simple things. Food, sleep, and intimate time. Those are the three things that men value the most. They need to survive. They want to survive. So, if I like a guy, here's how it normally works out for me. I'm going to pull him in with my body. I know, toxic, 100%, but it works. I send the cute Snapchats, I do the flirtation, I, you know, make sure I look good on my Instagram story, I make sure I have a fire selfie posted in the first week of meeting a guy I'm really interested in. I am literally setting the groundwork to trick this man because I know that he is going to be enticed by that. And that's what I do, right? So then I get him to come over and visit, right? And that visit does not always include having intimate time unless I want to. Sometimes it does, yes. Sometimes I I just need to get railed, so whatever. But other times it's just simply, I'm going to have you come over so I can literally cook for you. The amount of times that I have gotten a boy that I like to give me attention by telling them that I want to cook a meal for them, crazy. Crazy. And what's so crazy about it, too, is cooking is not that hard. Even if you're not that good at it, I promise you, you can get through a simple recipe. Google it, and they'll give you step-by-step instructions. It's not hard. But men think the world of food. So even if you just entice them by getting them their favorite meal, like if they love Chipotle or they are super into tacos, then, like, great. Like, go get food with them or purposely have a, like, dinner date at home with their favorite food and then sleep guys love sleeping right i always make it clear that i respect that i'm not the kind of person in the first couple weeks of dating a guy to be like you need to stay up late and talk to me or why did you stop texting like blah blah blah. like i show them that it's fine That they sleep like it's that simple like the amount of times I've had men text me the next day and be like I'm so sorry that I stopped talking last night I must have fell asleep on you and I'm like no like you're good like I understand I was exhausted too I hope you slept well or even sending that like after they stop responding hey I hope you get a good night's rest I'll talk to you tomorrow it sounds so stupid easy but it is they're gonna fall in love with you they're gonna be obsessed They're going to be like, you're like none of the other people I've talked to before. It's kind of like training a dog or a smaller animal in the sense that like you want to give them a positive like treat at the end of things so that they want to keep coming back. So like sending a bomb selfie or sending a picture of your really yummy food you're cooking for yourself or having those little moments about like, I respect your sleep and your personal space kind of things. Those stuff are so simple, but are so enticing. And I've had it work for me every time. I had someone in the TikTok comments when I answered this question for TikTok say, well, you just recently got a boyfriend, so this doesn't obviously work. That's my one thing I like to say about it. I didn't say I was gonna help you find your partner with this tip, I'm just trying to help you get a boyfriend. If you wanna keep someone around, it's a lot harder and it's way more complicated than that, right? And I can give you guys tips on that if you want some, but yeah, I'm only 23, I haven't had, you know, marriage yet, but I've been able to get men that I like to pay attention to me and I'm telling you it's that simple. They're really dumb, they're really easy to get their attention. So I hope that helps. Question number two, how do I stay confident during sex? This is one of the most frequently asked questions I've gotten and it's true. It's hard to stay confident when you're having sex because it is so intimate, right? My best advice for staying confident during intimate time is this. The person that you're having sex with has chose to get naked and be in a bed with you or to be in a car with you or whatever you nasties are doing it, right? They obviously do not care. They obviously are already into you. They obviously think you're hot enough to penetrate or to allow you to penetrate them. They're not worried about the way you're looking. And I think that plays into a lot of my position talks and a lot of my head talks and things I talk about with sex in general. Sex is about the feeling. It's about the passion. It's about that. It's not about the way you look. I look like a washed out rat most times I'm giving a head because it's so sloppy. I have drool all over my face and in my beard and it's all over the bed and my partners don't care. You know why? Because it feels good. They're not caring about if I look cute. This isn't an Instagram moment. There's no Snapchat filter over my face when I'm doing that kind of stuff. And the same thing goes for your body. Some of these positions I look terrible in, right? I have loose skin from when I was younger and overweight and I get insecure about it and it can kind of take me out of that like enjoyable space. You need to challenge yourself to just stay focused on how it feels and enjoying being with your partner. I feel like too many people are ruining their intimate time because they feel insecure about their own bodies. And I'm here to tell you, your partner does not care. They are just enjoying being in that space with you. They're not worried about if there's a rule here or a stretch mark there, or whatever your insecurity may be around. And just stay focused on having a good time. And you know what? That confidence is hot, it's sexy, it adds to the intimate time. If you can just go in and be confident, your partners are gonna go wild every time. I hope that helps. It's something that I still struggle with. I know it's not easy. It's easier said than done to not be insecure about your body. But if you can get there, it's worthwhile. Alrighty, another shameless plug. I'm so sorry to ask again, but please, please, please like the episode, download the episode, subscribe to the podcast, follow me on socials at O Cody, O H H K O D Y, that's TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow the podcast on Instagram at Boytalk underscore podcast. Please submit your stories, please submit your questions, I'm going to continue to answer them here for you all and I'm so excited to get more stuff from you so thank you so much. And with that being said, y'all, it is the end of another episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. I love you all. Please stick with me with this whole TikTok ban issue. It's been wild. I hope that all my other daddy issue people can relate to this episode. I hope you had a great time. Have fun. Stay safe and stay wild, bitches. I'll see you next week.